Thank you so much for that. Sit down, sit down, sit down, sit down. Thank you so much for being here today. Welcome to everybody watching online. God has something powerful for you. I believe if you'll turn your attention to God's word, God's gonna speak to you right where you are. I believe for those of you that are stuck at home, if you're on quarantine, if you're on lockdown, hey, there's healing coming for you. Your church family's believing that you'll be back here with us. For those of you who are watching from all over the different parts of the world, wish you were in Texas because it feels amazing today. This is the one day of the year we have the most perfect weather in the world. If this was like this every single day, this would be like Florida where it just, it's full of old people, but thank God. <laughs> no, we're so glad that you two did. Glad that you're here. Grab your Bibles, if you would. Ephesians chapter one is where we're gonna go as we continue on with our series called Unsubscribe. Say it with me. Unsubscribe, letting go of some things that God never intended for you to carry. Things that we carry all the time without even realizing how destructive, how negative it is. We don't realize the consequences of the things that we carry sometimes because it feels like it's just normal. It's just what we do. But the spirit of the age, the spirit of what's happening in our world has led us to believe in things that are simply not true. And as we turn our attention to God's word and we place our lives underneath his authority, we can unsubscribe from some things that we did not need. Today, I wanna to talk about unsubscribing from that feeling of being completely powerless. And this is what has hit our world over the past 18 months, feeling like there's so many things happening, life just keeps coming at you from one direction after the next, and there's nothing that you can do about it. Am I talking to anybody this morning? If that's you, go ahead, and if you're watching online, click it in the chat like, hey, put up the little hand emoji like, that's me. <laughs> this is where we are. And for perhaps the first time in my lifetime, the entire world is on the same page. All of us are recognizing what's happening and realizing that this isn't working, and I feel like there's nothing that I can do about it. Life has a way of just bringing you one hit after the next, and if you don't understand where your power comes from, you can continue to subscribe to that feeling of being completely powerless, and you just roll over and die. It is what it is. Can't help it, can't change it, can't fix it. It's not my fault, it's my fate. So Ephesians chapter one, the apostle Paul begins to speak directly to the church in Ephesus and he reminds them in chapter one of just how great God is and what that means to them. And by the time he finishes up in chapter six, he begins to give daily practical tips of how to walk that out. He wants to remind the church of who God is, what he's done and who they are. And this is my heart, this is my calling, this is my, my mandate today. Can I say the word mandate? And some of you are like, mandate? Does this church approve of that? No. <laughs> this is my heart for you, that you would remember who God is, how powerful he is, and who you are because of him. So Ephesians chapter one is where I wanna go as we talk about unsubscribing from feeling powerless. So I have a good friend of mine, you may know him, is uh, one of the pastors on our staff. We like to hunt together, and one of the things that we were doing a couple years ago, we were going out to, uh, to the hunting lease, riding on a four-wheel drive that we had borrowed, and as we're driving out there, we're just talking, we're going through the deep woods, and in those moments, I didn't realize that for a big guy, Pastor Doug is deathly afraid of spiders. And as we're going through the woods, there just happened to be one of those massive East Texas banana spiders. That, I mean, the, the nasty, huge looking ones with the big long legs. And it, this thing looks ferocious. Is it? Yes, it is. No, just <laughs> It's not. 
But this thing drops down from the top of the four-wheeler that we're in. And as soon as it drops, he screams. Now, I think something is happening. I'm looking for a rattlesnake. I'm looking for a log or something that we're about to hit. So I slam on the brakes. When that happens, this thing swings out and right back in at his face. Now, in that moment, he went to the Holy of Holies, began to speak in tongues, began to claim the blood of Jesus. He got really spiritual real quick. No, it was incredible because I realized what was happening is that spider swung and he screamed. So I pressed the gas and the brake again and again and again. Because at that moment, there is no price that I would put on the amount of fun that happened for the next 30 seconds as this spider is swinging at this guy's face who is deathly afraid of spiders and he was completely powerless to do anything about it except to sit there and take it. This was one of the greatest, most unique moments of my life. I'm like, oh, again, again, again. You know, Life has a way of making us feel like that, especially over the past 18 months. Like there's something coming at you and there's nothing that you can do about it. Like somebody's up there pulling these strings and the rest of us just have to deal with it. And we feel completely powerless to change anything about it. I don't know about you, but I felt that way. I've noticed that as it's attacking the church, like we're completely powerless to deal with all the things that are coming at us over and over and over and over. What does the Bible say to do when we're feeling Powerless. Can we unsubscribe from that somehow? Or is it just one of those things where it is what it is, you just have to deal with it? Thankfully, the Bible has a lot to say about what to do when you feel completely powerless. And the Apostle Paul talks about what the church walks through when life keeps bringing at you things that you feel like you just can't change. And it's one issue after the next, after the next, after the next. Pick it up with me in chapter one, verse 17. Follow along if you would, and it says, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, this glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Notice this is capital S. He's speaking of the power of the Holy Spirit. He said, this is my prayer for you. I keep praying it. I keep asking God. I keep begging God that he would give you the power of the Holy Spirit, and that would begin to reveal some powerful truths to you, this special wisdom that comes from the power of the Holy Spirit, wisdom And Revelation, what is it for? What do we need that power of the Holy Spirit for? What do we need the wisdom to handle? What is this that you're asking me to do? What is this revelation that you're talking about? What do we need it for? He answers it so that you may know him better. I wanna focus on those three words, to know him better. Because this is where the church gets lost when we talk about the power of the Holy Spirit what he is used for, how he applies to our lives today. You know, the, there's many churches that take the, take the Holy Spirit and they throw him out because it says he makes people weird, but they don't understand what he's for. Paul says this to help you know him better, to give you wisdom and revelation. In that process of wisdom, revelation, and getting to know God's better, you unlock something that you need, power, power. So he says, my prayer for you is that you would have that Holy Spirit. It would give you wisdom and revelation. Why? So you could know him better. He says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know, he lists three things, the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance and his holy people, and his incomparably great power. Now notice he doesn't just say, God's a God of incomparably great power. He says, it's for us who believe. His power for us. That's really important that you notice those words there because this is where where it applies 
to you. I think many of us have this idea that, that God can. We hear testimonies of what God has done for somebody else, but when it comes to us, there's doubt that creeps in. Yeah, God did it for somebody else, but will he do it for me? Will he do it for my children? Will he do it for my marriage? Can he do it for my business? He did it for them, but does he really care about me? I've got some things wrong in my life. I don't know if God would ever really take care of that. Miracles are great for people and for great stories, but that, none of that stuff ever happens to me. No, Paul says, this is for us who believe. This is for us. He goes on to say, that power is the same as the mighty strength that he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms, far above, I want you to take notice of this, all rule and authority, power and dominion and every name that is invoked, not only in this present age, but also in the one to come. And God placed all things, somebody say all things. All things, he never says most, he never says some. All things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who feels everything in every way. Paul says, this is my prayer for the church, that the eyes of your heart would be enlightened, that there would be a, a call to maturity that would happen when you begin to understand the power of the Holy Spirit and what that means for you, that he would give you wisdom and revelation to become who you were called to be, that you would see this inheritance that God has placed inside of each of you, and it would unlock this power, this incomparably great power that comes from God that flows through you when you're feeling powerless when you feel like you can't fix it, when you feel like you're alone, when you feel like you can't change it, when you're doubting what God can do for you. This is my prayer. So how do we unsubscribe from feeling powerless? How do we unsubscribe from that feeling? Every single week, we've been talking about the feelings that each of us are dealing with and how those feelings can be incredibly misleading, how your feelings can lead you to places that are really unhealthy, lead you to places where you're believing all kinds of things that seem to be true because the more that you put your faith and your emotions behind them, they start making sense in your mind. But God's word points us back to truth, points us back to true north, points us back to where our power comes from and what real power is. As we're looking at our world, there's something inside of each of us that rises up against the powers that be. It's always these people's fault and this conspiracy and that conspiracy. It's easy to get lost in that. Trust me, easy. And you'll find people that will group together and begin to reinforce what you think. And if you don't know the truth of God's word, that will become your version of truth. Please hear me. You need to know his word. His word tells us how to unsubscribe from getting lost into looking at the power that the world says is in charge and back to the true north of what God's word says is really in charge. Where do we go when we feel powerless? We go back to the truth of God's word. It supersedes our feelings and gives us truth. I wrote it down this way. We defeat feelings of being powerless by making a choice to lean in. This is the word that we use around here, leaning in, which simply means I'm gonna apply myself to what's being taught. I'm gonna apply myself to his presence. I'm gonna apply myself. I'm gonna sit on the edge of my seat. I'm gonna go in with all that I have and give it the old college try, at least try. You know, one of the things that happens to us when we're feeling powerless is we just stop trying. We stop doing what we know is the right thing because we don't feel like doing it. 
Am I talking to myself here? It's us. When I feel powerless, I'm like, can't win, don't try. (laughs) But when we make biblical choices to lean in, to apply God's word, things begin to happen in the supernatural realm that you could never make happen on your own. God begins to show up and reveal things, bring his wisdom, bring his power, and change things that never could change any other way. It's a matter of you making a choice to lean in instead of checking out. You still with me? So I wanna give you five quick things to help us make choices to combat the feelings of being powerless. And by the way, I know that when I say feeling of being powerless, um, there are several people in this room that say, that's me. There's a lot of people that would say, I'm not saying it, but that's me. (laughs) I'm afraid to show weakness. Let's just be honest in God's house. We're all on the same page. We're all on the same page. There are things that have affected you that you had no ability to change. And when that becomes more than just something that happens to you, but becomes this place where it starts defining you, we've got a problem. We've been led astray by what we feel instead of being led by the truth of the word of God. So God's word gives us some hope when we're feeling powerless. There's some choices that we can make. The first one is this. How do I unsubscribe from feeling powerless? I have to choose to know him better. Know him better. Notice I don't just say know him, but to know him better. One of the most difficult things to do as a pastor is convince people that have been living and walking with God for most of their life that they can know him better. You see, we get to this place where we get satisfied with what we've known, what we've experienced, and say, that's enough for me. And we stop growing. We stop maturing. We stop becoming who God has called us to be. And we miss out on the power that we need for this situation. Paul said, my heart... My hope for you is that you would continue to mature by knowing him better, better. And this is my heart for us today, that no matter where you are with Christ, if you've been walking with God for five minutes or for 50 years, that your heart would be to know him better. This really is the the kind of defining statement of Paul's life. He says, oh, that I might know him. I wanna know him. I wanna know him better. Now, Paul knew him better than most of us will ever know him. Paul says, I got caught up in the third heaven. I've experienced beatings and shipwrecks and getting bitten by a snake and all kinds of crazy things that have happened as I've been pursuing Christ. Most of us have never had to walk through that. A few of us had to just fight off a couple spiders. (laughs) But he knew him. Paul says, it's not enough. I wanna know him better. I wanna know him better. Where's your heart at today? Do you know him enough? Have you had enough of him? Or could it be that we're feeling powerless because we haven't made a choice to know him more, to know him better, to lean into him? We used to watch cartoons when I was little and every once in a while in between those cartoons, they'd have commercial breaks and they put on that same commercial that many of you have probably seen that ends with, the more you know. Remember that? The more you know. They teach you some random fact that would stick in your mind until you're, you know, 45, 46, 46. And then they would finish it up with, the more you know. Here's the thing about God's word. The more you know, it gets better. The more you know, the closer that you get to God, the closer that you get to his presence, the more you dig into his word, the more you make a choice to lean in, things begin to change. You receive power when you make a choice to lean into him. The more you know. 
And then he says this, I want you to know that glorious inheritance that you have. He says, I want you to know that hope that's for you. And then he says, I want you to know this incomparably great power. You know, in the original language, when he uses incomparably and great, it's the, language, it's, it's the Greek language. And the word for incomparably is hyperbalon, which means to exceed what is normal. It's a matter, it's a, it's a kind of strange word where it shows us that Paul is kind of at the end of his vocabulary. There's no word to really describe the power of God that's available for us who believe. So he says, the only word I can really put there is hyperbalon, which is in, incomparably or beyond what you would normally think, beyond normal, not usual. It excels all that you can think or ask it or, or imagine. Because that's available for you. And there's not even a word that we can put on it. That's how great it is. You see, there's power, there's normal power, and then there's exceedingly great power. I think for some of us, we've grown up around electricity. You walk into a room and there's never been a time in your life where you didn't have complete faith that when you flipped on a light switch, power came on because we were raised in a generation where electricity is normal. A lot of what we're doing here is completely 100% dependent upon electricity. But there was a time not so long ago where it was a very unusual thing to have power inside of a home. A very unusual thing indeed to walk into a room, flick a switch, and it would light up. Think about how far we've come from just power to that being an unusual time. And Paul's describing something so much different beyond what we would say is normal for us. He's saying this is an incomparably great power. When he says the word power, he uses the word megathos. And as soon as I see the word megathos in scripture, I, I think about transformers. I can't help it. It sounds like the ultimate transformer or maybe like the biggest dinosaur on the planet. Does that not kind of speak with you? Like this is megathos. Well, have you seen Tyrannosaurus? Have you seen megathos? <laughs> but it needs to bring up something massive and powerful in your mind because this is what Paul says is, is the power of God for us. God's power wasn't given for him, it's given for you. And it reminds us that when we know him better, there's an incomparably great power that comes from being closer to him. Do you see this? So when I choose to know God better through his word, through worship and prayer, power is released to me. But I've got to make a choice to do it. Worship doesn't happen without me making a choice to make it happen. The word does not magically just come into my mind. I have to open it up and read it. My prayers don't just magically happen on their own. No, no, no. I have to make a choice. But when that happens, when I make that choice to lean into the presence of God, he releases power into my life. Are you still with me? As a matter of fact, when Jesus was confronted one time by the Sadducees, these people that knew the word, that had memorized it, that had spent decades studying it, and they wanted to trap Jesus by asking him these theological questions about the word, Jesus says this, your mistake is that you don't know the scriptures and you don't know the power of God. Now, I don't know about you, but when I read that and know who he's speaking to, I can't help but hear a little bit of sarcasm. And that just, <laughs> that bears witness with me because I'm like, Jesus, you, you understand me. I speak SSL, sarcasm as a second language. If you've been here for more than a couple services, you know that. This is what we do. Some of you are like, is he the real pastor? Yes, the other pastor is not gonna be here next week. It doesn't get better. This is what it is. I'm sorry. 
I love the sarcasm. And when Jesus is looking and speaking to people that are trying to confront him with their knowledge of the word, he's like, you don't know the word, and that's your mistake. Because he is the word standing in front of him. There's incredible power. He says, because you don't know the scriptures, you've got a big misunderstanding here, and you've lost power. I wonder how much of that applies to our lives because we feel powerless. But for some reason, we've never made the choice to get back into his word, into his presence, and to worship and talk into him. That would be my heart for you today. If you're finding yourself dealing with what we're having to deal with over the past, gosh, almost two years now. Powerlessness. I can't change it. I can't fix it. What do I do? I make the choice, like Paul said, to know him better. Here's the second. I have to make a choice to remember what he's done. I go back and I look at the things God has done for me and I remember and it draws strength. I get my focus off of what I can't fix right now and how powerless I feel. And I remember the times that God came through on my behalf and something begins to happen. My faith begins to rise. My hope begins to rise. I get a little spring in my step. I'm like, get out of my way, devil. I'm charging hell with a water pistol because I remember what God has done. I remember the times that I would stay at my grandma's house and wake up on a Saturday morning and thinking, this is way too early for any human being to get up. But she's in the kitchen messing around, cooking breakfast and singing, count your blessings, name them one by one. I'm like, do we really have to name them one by one? Can we not like categorize them and speed this whole thing up? Because I'm sleepy. Can we group them together a little bit? But she would name them one by one to remind herself of the great things God has done. I didn't realize until I was older the things that she had had to walk through were incredibly difficult, hard to imagine, hard to understand. But she had tapped into the key of being thankful for what God has already done, and it gives me power and strength for today. You still with me? I have to choose to remember what God has done. David says, seek the Lord in his strength. How do we do that? By seeking his presence continually. Continually, He says, remember the wondrous works he's done and his miracles. In, in our culture and in, at this church, we have a, a statement that we use called celebrating the win. And we've tried to, tried to permeate this throughout every single group, through every single thing that we do. It all starts with celebrating the goodness of God, the things that he's done this week. It's easy for us to come as a group and as a staff and talk about the things that didn't work, to talk about the things that messed up, talk about our mistakes and our faults and our shortcomings, our issues and our anxiety and our stresses, or... We can say, before all that, let's start with the goodness of God. What did God do? Because if God is still with us, nothing can be against us. Yeah, those things exist. We're not denying reality. But let's start it out by putting first things first. Remembering the good of what he's already done. Here's the third. I have to choose to see my weakness as the revealer of God's strength. This changes everything when my perspective shifts from how weak I am to recognizing that in my weakness, God's strength is revealed. And this is where my weakness and my feeling of powerlessness begins to become my testimony and my encouragement to other people who are walking through the same thing. One of the greatest disservices that we can give to the body of Christ is our silence when we're walking through times where it's not right where we are struggling. We need you, and you need us. This is the reason why we push for you to get into a group where you can express yourself and get honest. You know, you don't have to tell everybody your secrets, but somebody needs to know what you're struggling with. 
Somebody that you trust needs to be able to speak into your life and say, hey, I've been there. Let me tell you, I may not know what to do, but I'll tell you what not to do. Don't do these three things because that's what I did and that messed me up. <laughs> do anything but that. That's exactly what I was thinking about doing in that order. How did you know? <laughs> Don't do that. You need some help. In the middle of our weakness, sometimes that's the greatest revealer of the strength of God where we realize it wasn't dependent upon me in the first place. I didn't get me here. I have to rely upon the strength of God and his strength being made perfect in my weakness. I love that Paul recognizes that. He begins to speak to the Lord about things that were happening against him. He said, Lord, three times I've asked you to take this certain thing away from me and three times you've told me this simple statement, my strength is made perfect in your weakness. I wonder in our feelings of being powerless, if this is not the setup for God to reveal his great strength, what could he do if we acknowledge that we're feeling powerless and weak right now? What could he do if we admitted where we are and asked for help? What could he do if we were willing to share our thoughts and feelings with one another? I believe God begins to come through in ways that you couldn't possibly think of or imagine in your greatest and wildest dreams. God shows his power, shows his supernatural strength, and begins to do things that you could never do on your strongest day. This is where everything changes. And people say, what's different about you? Because we're both feeling the same way. But you're getting better. You didn't get sidetracked by this. You're still walking. You're still working. You're still going. You're still living and loving and still serving. How do you do that? His strength is made perfect in my weakness. Yeah, I'm weak, but in my weakness, he's strong. This is what's different about us. This is what's different about you. And Paul said, this is my prayer for you in Ephesians 1, that you would have that wisdom and revelation, that you can feel powerless. And that's the setup for God doing his most amazing miracles. It's okay. I want you to know him better, not to know your struggles more. And this is where we get lost because we want to dissect our struggles and our anxieties and our worries and stresses and make them make sense. They'll never make sense. It doesn't. But when we know the truth, the Bible says the truth sets us free. I choose to know him better. And I choose to see my, my weaknesses as the revealer of God's strength. As a matter of fact, I say it this way. The weaker I feel, the more God's strength is displayed. And that's okay. Here's the fourth. And this one may be the most important. I have to choose to use the name. Not a name, the name. I want you to remember this. Um, if you know the story of what happens at the church in Ephesus, when Paul came there um, and started this church, Sunday ended in a major riot. The town turned up and did not respond very well to Paul preaching about the name of Jesus Christ. You see, that town was built and worshiped and their businesses were all encapsulated by one name and it was not the name of Jesus. It was the name of Artemis. And as Paul began to preach about the name of Jesus and say, there's a, there's a more powerful name, a name that's real. It's not some false God. All of a sudden, that disrupted things. A riot began to break out. They wanted to kill him because it's messing with their money. It's messing with how they're making their daily living. Everything in this culture revolved around another name. And Paul's like, that name is stupid. <laughs> it makes no sense. 
Let me show you a better way. Let me show you where real power comes from. Let me show you about the name of Jesus. And as a matter of fact, he says it in verse 21. He says, this name is above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that's invoked, including Artemis, not only in this present age, but also in the one to come. So Paul is not just speaking about the name of Artemis in Ephesus. He's speaking about every name that you think holds power over the name of Jesus in this age. This age is the one to come. I wonder what name makes you feel powerless. What name have you put your faith into? And the enemy wants you to believe today that that name has power over your life. Is it failure? Is it cancer? Is it some label that somebody's put on you? Is it depression? Is it anxiety? Is it stress? Is it conspiracy? What's the name? Because at some point you have to recognize that I've put my faith in this thing that could not possibly tell me who I am or give me power to overcome what God has called me to do. How do I do that? I recognize that there is a name above every other name and I begin to call on his name, speak his name over these issues and great power gets released. Use the name. The name. You know, people don't say, you know, in Muhammad's name, amen. They don't pray to the name of Buddha. They don't pray to the name of Hare Krishna. There's one name. And by the way, when you speak that name, You'll either get one of two reactions. That's awesome. You're a believer too. Let's talk. Or, good God, this is weird. Get me out of here. But there's one name that when you speak it, it causes a reaction. There's no other name given on heaven or earth by which we can, Paul says, and which we must be saved. One name brings power. Use the name. It's simple, but how many of us have forgotten to use it when we feel powerless? Speaking his name brings power into your situation, brings power over whatever it is you're facing. Speak his name. Speak his name. There's a reason why he gave us his name, and it's for your authority. It's for power. Use it. Choose to use the name. There's a great quote I read this week from Warren Wiersbe. It says, great names come and go, but the name of Jesus remains. The devil still hates it. The world still opposes it, but God still blesses it, and we can still claim it. Somebody say amen. We can still claim it. Use the name. Here's the fifth and final. I have to choose to start walking in his strength because I can't walk in mine. But once again, it's not just something where we sit still We have to make a choice to take a step of faith and start walking. I feel powerless, but I want to stay stuck here. So I'm going to get back to the truth of God's word. What does it tell me to do? And I'm going to take a step of faith by doing what he tells me to do. For some of us, it may just be using the name. That's your step of faith today. When you're praying, like, you know what? Over my wife, over my business, in the name of Jesus, I need help. In the name of Jesus, would you help me? For some others, maybe you need to take a step of getting into a group. Maybe that's your faith step. Maybe for others, you need to take the first and simple step of asking Christ to come into your heart, forgive you of your sins. But you've got a step to take. I may feel powerless, but once you recognize where the power comes from, you take a step into it, even when you don't feel like you have the strength to do it. God's called you for a reason and for a purpose. 
And at some point, that step has to be taken. So I, I press on knowing that I, I didn't even get me here in the first place. So there's no way that I can continue in my own strength. My own strength didn't get me here. In Ephesians 6, it says, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. I want to remind you today of the power of God and where your strength comes from. Here's the good news. It's not your strength that got you here and it's not your strength that's gonna keep you going when you feel powerless. It's his strength. The good news is it's more than enough. It's better. It's better. It's way better. You are not strong enough. You'll never be strong enough. That's exactly how you should be. And when an enemy keeps lying to you, telling you that you're weak, you're powerless, you come back with, absolutely right. Oh, but his power at work within me, that's something special. And that's how I keep walking and keep moving and keep going when I don't feel like I can. Several years ago, I had the opportunity, the great opportunity to, to go to Nicaragua with my family and we were leading a crusade there and um, during the day, uh, we would meet with other churches and we would do outreaches in communities of people that were extremely poor and, and destitute and at, at, um, at places that some of us could not imagine in our, in our worst nightmares. And watching uh, the power of God begin to move and strengthen and give hope and help and encouragement and some practical steps and things that would help people right where they are. That was a powerful moment in my life. And so we were doing that during the day. It was incredibly hot in the jungles. And every single night we would come and we would do a crusade. And that crusade was inside of like a soccer stadium. They would fill it full of people from all around. These people would gather in and we began to worship. And I preached the gospel and we watched thousands of people come to Jesus. It was incredible. By the end of the week, we had almost 9,000 people that had accepted Christ into their heart. I don't know about you, but that fired me up. That was incredibly powerful. But of course, being so hot and being so exhausted with doing ministry all day, every day, and having this moment at the end of every night where you're giving everything that you have and you're, you're having to think of so many things because I would say it in English, someone would have to interpret it in Spanish, and then I'd have to think about what's, what's happening next and preaching in one-sentence segments. And in case you didn't know, I speak fast. That's not easy for me to slow down and to stop after every sentence. It's a lot to think about. It's a lot to process. And here's another thing you maybe didn't know. I'm not that smart. It was hard and it was exhausting. As we, were, um, as we were worshiping in the last night, this place was packed full of people, so many that you can't even hardly see because the people had just become a blur and they're worshiping and the power of God was here and I could just sense this something special is gonna happen. This is my last night, this is my last message. Everything has culminated to this moment. The numbers had been building and building and building. The faith had been building and building and building. Pastors were there. There's about 100 local pastors that were all sitting on the platform waiting for me to preach the word of God. A lot of pressure in that moment. And I saved my best message, everything I had, all my strength, all my power, my energy. I'm like, I've got one more in me and I can go home. I can take a shower. I can get some air conditioning. I can go back to America, the land of the free, home of the whopper. I don't know if you know, when you're in a, a place like that, you, you gotta watch what you eat. And to watch what you drink. And so we've been living for a week on granola, bottled water from America. Like I want it where it says made in like uh, Durango, Colorado. That's the one I want. <laughs> As we reached the end of this week and the worship was going, I began to pray and ask the Lord, okay, Lord, I need your strength. I'm out, 
I'm at the end of my strength. And as I'm praying, all of a sudden my, my vision goes to like tunnel vision. Woom, woom, woom. Begins to close in. I felt immediately sick. My stomach twisted up in knots. And where I had been sweating, I'd already sweated through my shirt just with the, the natural heat that's there. It's incredibly humid. Do you think Longview is humid? No, 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 no. I stopped sweating and I got cold. And I'm like, uh-oh, this is not good. So I walked around behind the stage as the music is, is right on their last song and I'm thinking, oh man, I've got like four or five minutes before I'm about to speak and I couldn't stand anymore. I fell down against the stage and I'm laying there in the grass thinking I am literally about to die here and I'm all alone. No one even knows that I'm here. So forget the thought of even speaking in a few minutes. I was like, am I breathing? Because my body is shutting down. And so I'm slumped over in the grass as I'm starting to black out. I'm like, I, I'm miles away from any kind of hospital. And if you get there, <laughs> who knows what kind of care you're gonna get. Can we even get to the hospital in time? I can't call anybody. My cell phone doesn't work out here. There's, there's no help. I'm alone. This is a horrible mistake to be behind this stage all by myself. And so as I'm sitting there trying to process through <laughs> what could very well be the end of my life, I'm thinking, okay, Lord, there's no way, there's no way that you're gonna lead me this far to the last night and leave me. There's no way you brought me this far and you're not gonna let me finish this out. But you know, after leading almost 9,000 people to Christ today, like this, this past week, that might be, a good, might be a good chance to go out and say, I'm going out on a high note. That's, a, that's what you start thinking about when you're processing through, is this it for me? In that moment, the bus driver just happened to look back behind the stage and recognize me and runs over to me, picks me up. And he tells me, come on, come with me. He wraps my arm around him and I wrap my arm around him and he begins to lead me back to the back and uh, we, we found our van. He says, get in the van. So he helps me up and he lays me down across the seat and turns on the air conditioning and begins to hand me bottled water. Drink, 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 drink. And I start drinking this water and I'm like, this is, this is bad. This is not good. This is not gonna stay down. Like, I, I don't feel well. I don't feel well at all. And uh, he asked me, what can I do? And I tell him in Spanish, like, can you bring my family? Please bring my family. I need people to pray for me in English. <laughs> I gotta tell them what's happening. And so he goes and finds my family, my wife and my children come and I said, get in the van with me. And so they're, they're sitting behind me. I said, pray for me because this is, this is not good. I do not feel good. Something is really, really wrong. And so as I'm sitting there in my exhaustion, I began to pray and my family began to pray. And I'm like, God, I, I need help. They're finishing up the last song. They're on the last verse. And I'm like, there is no way that I can even stand and go and preach and teach for the next hour with the energy that I have. It doesn't, it doesn't, it's not gonna happen. And so I felt the power of the Lord come into that van as I'm sitting there trying to process through my exhaustion and dehydration, my sickness. And I felt the Lord ask me a question I've never heard him ask me before or since. But I felt it so strong. He says, what do you need? What do you need? And by the way, there's a lot of things that can pop into your mind in that moment when God's saying, hey, here I am in all my power. What can I do for you? That's a powerful moment. And I thought about it. And I thought, do I need a hospital? Do I need a doctor? Do I need another speaker to be just anointed to do this? Is this, what, what, what should I ask for? What do you need? And I said, Lord, honestly, I've got air conditioning. I've got a little bit of water. All I need is about 10 minutes. You give me 10 minutes of just sitting here and getting my, 
getting, getting rehydrated. Give me 10 minutes of, of just sitting here and, and I'll do it. I can do it. I just need about 10 minutes. And as that last song finished and hit their last note, as they were announcing me to come to the stage, I said, God, Jesus, I just need 10 minutes. And the entire city, the power shut off at that moment. Everything went black. And God says, you have 10 minutes. I'm thinking like, why didn't you say like 10 minutes and a million dollars? Why didn't you say like 10 <laughs> You got 10 minutes. And you know, I got my strength back. Threw a little bit of more water in me. My head wasn't as hot. I started to get my color back and my vision came back. And I stepped out of the van and stood up and I'm like, I feel okay. It's like 9.58, 9.59, 10 minutes, the power comes back on. I said, please welcome to the platform, Pastor Tim. I'm like, holy God, that just happened. I needed that. And as I'm walking up to the platform, just trying to process through what just happened, I thought, God, you stopped time for me. Is there anything that you can't do? I want to encourage you today, church, and for those of you watching online, God doesn't love me more than he loves you. And God's power is not just released in my life and not yours. We serve an incredibly powerful God that tells us to be strong in his mighty power, to walk in his strength, to recognize just how good he is, how powerful he is, how he can do exceedingly and abundantly above all that you can ask or think or imagine. His incomparably great power is still available for you today. It's not just for the church in Ephesus. It's not just for Paul. It's not just for Pastor Tim. It's for you. It's for your children, for your children's children. The power of the Holy Spirit was designed and built and given to each of us who believe to remind you of who you are and what God can do through you and for you. So when you're feeling powerless when the enemy tells you God can't come through for you, he does it for other people, but not for you. I want to finish with this statement. Don't tell me God can't. I know he can. I know he can. I want to encourage you this week to start speaking that every time that feeling of being powerless hits your mind. Don't tell me God can't. I know he can. I know he can. I know he can. And I'm going to know him better I'm gonna spend time in his word. I'm gonna make a choice to lean in when I feel powerless. I know it's not true. I know where the power comes from. It's not mine, it's his. And his strength is made perfect in my weakness. Can you receive that? Yeah. Would you bow your head and close your eyes with me? I wanna thank you for paying attention today. I believe that if you'll take what you've heard today and apply it to your life tomorrow, God can help you, he can encourage you, he can give you strength and hope for whatever it may be that you're facing. You can feel extremely powerless in this season. It is easy for us to feel that way, but it's not true. God has power for you. It's just found in him. It's found in him. My friend, can we be honest today in God's house? Can we be honest with wherever you're watching from? Can you be honest with yourself and recognize that we don't have the power to continue we don't have the ability to fix it. We can't make things happen on our own. We cannot manipulate 
and argue our way out. We can't fix it in our own limited strength. There are some things, it just has to take a move of God. And that's the good news. He still moves. He still helps. He still restores. He still heals. He still speaks. He still loves. He still encourages. He still changes things. God's power is not limited in our weakness. It's made perfect in it. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, if that's you, you're feeling powerless. There are some things popping into your mind that you're needing God to help with. Right where you are, if that's you, would you just lift your hand up and say, that's me. There's some situations I'm fighting through, Pastor. I feel powerless to change it. I don't know if I can fix it. Maybe I've relied too much on my own strength, but I'm at, a, I'm at my wit's end here. This person needs help. This situation needs help. I can't fix this on my own. If you're watching online, type it in the chat. This is it. That's me. I'm gonna pray for you right now and believe that as I pray, as I lean into the word, as I lean into his presence, as I invoke the name of Jesus, that the power that you need is gonna be released into your life. Some of us need, we just need a fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit so we can know him better. That's gonna happen for you. If that's you and your hand was raised, just do me a favor, just open up your hands, put them on your knees as if someone was handing you something. I believe the Holy Spirit is gonna speak to you and there's gonna be an impartation right to you where you're at. If you're watching at home, just open up your hands, put them on your knees. Let me pray for you. Father, right now, by your strength and by your power, we come to you in honesty, in transparency, in humility, recognizing, Lord, that there are things in our lives that we cannot change. Our greatest and most powerful ideas are nothing. If you don't work, if you don't breathe on it, if you don't help, we cannot fix these situations on our own. We are desperate for a move from you. Lord, we feel powerless. We feel like we can't. But your word tells us that you can. So we are reliant upon you. We are expectant for you to move. We're believing you for good things. And Father, because of that, we start celebrating the wins. We start reminding ourselves of all the good things that you've already done. We remind ourselves of the times that you've come through. We remind ourselves of the time that you've healed, and the times that you've spoken, the times that you've delivered us when there was no other way and you came through. And in that moment, Lord, we receive the strength to trust you for this thing. Would you help us? Would you come to our aid, deliver, minister, encourage, empower Lord, I pray for a fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit right now. Holy Spirit, would you come? Would you touch every heart, every life, every situation right where they are, Lord? Meet them at the point of their needs. Lord, for our children, for our grandchildren, for our businesses, for marriages, for addictions, for diseases and diagnosis. Lord, we need your help. Would you speak? Would you help us right now? And in the mighty and matchless name of Jesus, the name above all names, we pray. We recognize the authority that's given in your name. We say, Jesus, 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 in your name we pray. And everyone said together, amen, 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 amen. My friend, I want you to know today, as we finish up, if you don't have a moment that comes to your mind when I ask about if you've ever had Jesus Christ come into your heart to forgive you of your sins, this is your moment. I wanna ask all over this place today, would you bow your head and close your eyes for one moment of prayer? If you need to ask Jesus to come into your heart to forgive you of your sins, 
and this is for you. Maybe you've walked with God before and you've gotten away from him, but you know you need to come back to him and you may not know how to do that. Let me help you. Let me help you the way that somebody helped me. Right where you are, pray with me. I'll lead you in a prayer. You can just repeat what I say. I'll help you. The prayer goes like this. Pray this with me. Just say, Jesus, I believe that you are the son of God. I believe that you came and died. I believe you rose from the grave so I could have life and forgiveness for all of my sins. Would you come into my heart, take over, forgive me, save me. I give my life to you right now in Jesus' name. With every head bowed and every eye closed, my friend, if that was you and you just prayed that prayer with me, with no one looking around, would you just slip your hand up and say, that was me, Pastor, all over this place. Good, I see you. Good, I see you. I just prayed that prayer with you. Good, I see you. Good, I'm proud of you. Good, I see you. Very proud of you. Good for you. If you're watching online, tap that in the chat. That was me. I prayed that prayer. And then I wonder if you would take the next step. See, I'd love to connect with you and send you some things that will help you understand what just happened inside of your heart and what to do next. And the easiest way to do that is by text. If you will text me, I will send those things to you. Text the words, I prayed, I-P-R-A-Y-E-D, to 844-HRC-TEXT. If you'll do that, I'll do my part and help you. We don't believe that this is your end with Jesus. This is just the beginning. And we want you to know him better. Good for you, I'm proud of you. Thanks for doing that. For everyone else, would you go ahead and look up at me to stand to your feet? We have many, many people responding to the gospel of Jesus Christ today. That's a wonderful thing. That's something to be excited about.